0: Are you suggesting that we set off a bomb near the Hab? That's exactly what I'm suggesting.
1: The stress of explosion could destroy it. And the people in it. But he's right. If we dig down, we will certainly fail, and Baldwin and Stevens die.
0: When we have coring drills and explosives on site, it is doable. These are engineering problems, my friends. And we are engineers. Shall we begin?
1: Welcome back to For All Mankind, the official podcast. I'm Chris Marshall, AKA Commander Danielle Poole on the Apple TV Plus series. Each week I sit down with the cast, crew, and show creators to discuss what just happened in the latest episode. This podcast will be jam-packed with spoilers. So, if you haven't seen episode 8 of season 3 yet, press pause, go watch, and come back. Today, there is a lot to discuss. So, I'll be sitting down with Joel Kinnaman, who plays Ed Baldwin, and Casey Johnson, who plays Danny Stevens. But first, a quick recap. Ed and Annie get some unexpected one-on-one time as they're trapped in the hab below the rock slide with limited oxygen. On the surface, Nick and Isabel have been killed, and a desperate rescue mission begins to save any remaining survivors. On Earth, everyone is reeling in the aftermath of the disaster. Karen goes to comfort Amber and Jimmy, while all three space programs work together to come up with a plan. When all seems lost, Dev comes to grips with his own father's failures and regains his motivation. He comes up with the only idea that can save Ed and Danny, to blast the Hab free from below. As oxygen runs out and tensions run high, Ed and Danny are freed from the buried Hab. When Ed awakens, alive and well in the Heliospace, he discovers the news isn't all good. Kelly's boo Alexi didn't make it, and we also learn... That Kelly is now with child.
2: Whenever we got in trouble, Shane used to beg Kara not to tell you. He knew when you'd find out, he'd get so afraid. And when you were away, that's enough. Or on orbit, or on the moon, Shane came to life, laughing, goofing around. When you came home, he'd withdraw again because he was so scared of you. You shut up! What kind of man gets off on terrifying a little boy, his own son?
1: okay i am joined with two of arguably the most handsome people on the planet i'm sitting down today uh-huh. with joel kinnaman who <laughs> plays ed baldwin hi joel hello and i'm sitting down with casey johnson who plays danny stevens hi Casey.
2: Hello. How's it going? Doing well.
1: He's got his bedroom (laughs) voice going. (laughs) This is (laughs) is that kind of pod today. Heck yeah. Ladies, gentlemen, buckle (laughs) up. It's about to get real sexy. (laughs) Okay, so we are talking about episode 308, um, The Sands of Aries. And, whew, I mean, a lot happened this episode. A lot happened. The first thing I'm thinking about is, Joel, last year on the pod, you taught me about this concept in Swedish culture called a submarine movie. These movies where the whole movie hmm. takes place in this one little box. And very much, Hi Bob, was our little submarine movie. Now, you got mm-hmm. to do a round two of the submarine-style movie, but instead with Casey and the Hab. Talk about the experience. Yeah,
0: it was more like a test tube movie. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Does the environment, the Physical environment of the tightness of it does that help tell the story in a more honest way?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it helped to bring out that claustrophobic feeling, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say, Casey? I would say so. Yeah, yeah, we were
2: we were uh, yeah. jammed yeah. in there together. You
0: looked really claustrophobic when we were in there. So <laughs> I
2: was, I was. It's a it's not a lot of space. You're uh, you're, you're, much, you're much taller than I am, so you <laughs> took up most of it.
1: That's that's a lot of limbs between the two of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Casey, when you're you're looking at the scripts and you're facing this crazy amount of story, you have just lost both parents. Your best friend is dead. And now you are heading to Mars with your dead best friend's father, who you sort of want dead. I mean, when you read all of this, what was your impression?
2: Oh, I had a little bit of a panic attack. I wouldn't say a panic attack, but like <laughs> I was reading it and I was like, oh my gosh. But obviously I was ex- excited, you know, as an actor, it's like all these challenges and all these, you know, stories that they give you, how big they
0: are is like. It's what you dream of, right? Like yeah. it, it's yeah. the dream, but but the dream can be terrifying. The dream yeah. is, is terrifying when you finally get that. It's also like, there's also something really scary about given the opportunity that you always dreamed of. Because yeah. it's it's like what happens if you don't take it yeah. or if you fail.
1: Right. You know,
0: then it feels like you had your shot and you blew it. And of course for us it feels like especially when we're coming up, then you you're you're afraid that it's gonna be your only shot. So mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. like your whole life is on the line. You know, that's why it becomes so scary. But if you don't have that fear, it's cause you don't care enough. Yeah. And if you don't have that fear you're not going to go through it. You're not going to rise it because the the fear is what actually drives you.
1: Okay. So let's back it up a little bit and just talk about where we see Ed at the start of 301. And we don't have to go through the whole season, but just take me into the mindset of where he's been in between season two and season three and how his life has changed.
0: Well, Ed's definitely feeling his age. Uh, He's had a lot of loss. He's lost his son, lost his wife, I think his personal life is a bit of a mess. He's just finding these women that want him, but they're never going to replace Karen. Mm-hmm. So I think his work becomes even more important. But that also means that the sort of ghosts of his professional failures become louder. And and you know, not being the one that gave America the the moon landing, and you know, this season I think initially at least, there's a lot about legacy, Fred. It's about redemption and legacy.
1: Mm -hmm. And one of my conversations I had with Matt and Ben and talking about Ed, we were talking about the conversation of Ed and Danny in The Outpost. Mm. When Danny loses the opportunity to go to Mars, she says to Molly, whatever Ed needs, whatever the program needs, I'm there for him. When Ed loses the opportunity to Danielle, his response is to get his ball and bat and go home. He leaves the program all entirely. Talk about how Ed's loss of the moon has created that real sense of longing and regret in Ed that makes him need to go first no matter who it's with.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, being that competitive, is not always pretty, right? Mm -hmm. People that are Really, really competitive. It it gets ugly. Mm-hmm. It's an effective human trait, but it's not pretty. And I think that Ed also sees that this is his last shot. So his legacy and basically the chance for his life work to have an impact or have a meaning is mm-hmm. all at stake with this decision. And I think it just really brings out the worst of him.
1: Sure. How did you, Joel, feel when you read that scene where Ed says, you know, Danielle, you and I both know that if this were an even playing field, I would have been chosen first. That was kind of ugly.
0: Yeah, it was. It's ugly, but, you know, I've been really, really happy reading the script and, and, you know, following the development of our show. I, I think it's the thing that really indicates when it's a great show and uh, i think that our show is a great show um and that is when the characters really behave in both surprising and mm-hmm. ugly ways even mm-hmm. when they are you know the people that the audience is supposed to root for in, in, in mm-hmm. some way and when the writers have the courage to take these like really surprising left turns mm-hmm. and uh, and i think we keep seeing that and we keep experiencing that and that, and i feel like when when characters and people you know, when they do something really surprising that in one way feels out of character, that's usually when we get the sensation like, oh, now I understand who Mm -hmm. you are. Because Mm -hmm. we get this whole spectrum of possibilities of their behavior, right? It's like it just broadens your sense of who that person is.
1: Casey, we're talking about the sort of Ugly side of a character Which is a natural transition To some of the things that Danny does Talk to me about the sort of Uglier side Even before he allows the freaking mountain To collapse on the entire group What is going on with Danny At the start of the season?
2: Yeah, Danny's mental state is (laughs) In question He's, He's coming off of A lot of loss and tragedy In his life And it's 10 years like we we picked up in when he was 20 and he did one year in Annapolis. And he was even at that point, he was questioning whether or not he wanted to continue with all of this stuff. But Mm -hmm. definitely after losing his parents and especially with Shane, which Mm -hmm. we see in 308 when he talks about like, I did this for Shane, like I Mm -hmm. I've been doing all of this for Shane. I think it's that. And it's also like he's doing all this for his parents as well. Like he's doing everything for mm. everybody else. And so I think he's forgotten a lot about himself and hasn't mm. really ever faced the sadness and pain. And he's trying to be like, Oh, I'm fine, good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then that's come out in all of these other ways, which is, you know, not the healthiest way to go about things, but that's just what Danny's doing.
1: When Danny decides not to release the housing pressure in the pump, which effectively causes this explosion and a landslide, do you think he knew I'm going to kill people? Or do you think he thought he didn't think that far ahead? Like what was in that exact moment of turning the comms off?
2: Yeah, no, I don't think he's a bad guy. I mean, definitely from my perspective, I've, I've justified mostly everything, but... Mm-hmm. No, there's no moment where he's like, I want to do something evil. He's just lost. I mean, he's also been taking pills, so he's half Mm. in it, half out of it. And it's just a moment of I'm here and I'm just going to let... Murder some people. Let happen (laughs)
0: what ends up happening. I'm just going to murder... yeah. My dead father's best friend. hmm
1: yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> But you know what's funny is, you know, not that Danny Stevens is like the mass murderer or whatever, but I do think that there is something so senseless about what he does that it's not premeditated. He didn't think today is the day I allowed the pressure to get so high that it caused a landslide. There's just something, like you said, that's dissociated from his reality. And, of course, unfortunately, that leads to, you know, Ed getting this shrapnel in his gut. Joel, you've played Ed in so many different stages of his life, both in his age, but also in this season, we see him physically really decline in many ways. At the start of season one, he is so, you know, virile and handsome and strong and all these things. And by episode 308, he's aged, but also is encumbered and is on this operating table. And the first thing Danielle says to him is, you know... You feel like shit? Well, good, it means you're still alive. What's it like for you to have seen so many iterations of this same character as an actor?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what's so fun, what we get to do on this show. We almost get to play a whole life. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're we're getting there now, right? I mean, we're we're three decades in. And um, I mean, when I think back to who I was and what I was doing and what was important to me 10 years ago, I mean, I'm so vastly different from the iteration of me that lives today and how I think about life and what's important to me and how I am towards people and I mean there's so many things if you put those two people next to each other, they would be extremely different people. They would have mm. you know things that reminded them of each other, maybe brothers, but' so different and If I think about the person I was twenty years ago i mean that's a different human being. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I think that's the fascinating thing uh, that we get to do on this show where you, you yeah, you're playing the same character, but you really have to reinvent the character every mm-hmm. season.
1: But, you know, it's interesting. You're talking about how Joel from 10 years ago is, is so different from Joel today. And perhaps they'd be brothers, but they're very different people. And I agree with you that there are gradual shifts in Human beings, and then there are occasional moments that are huge, and whether it's death or divorce or the birth of a child, that Mm. sort of leapfrog the normal, you know, incremental shifts in what happens and the changes of a person's life. Do you think that the divorce with Karen was one of those moments for Ed?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's his life partner, and also you didn't see it coming at all. Yeah, I mean. Of course, they went through everything with shame, but since they, they made it through that, sure. they made mm-hmm. it through the loss of a child. Be- because in reality, the, the loss of a child very often leads to mm-hmm. parents breaking up. It, it's something that a lot of you know couples, they don't manage to hold on to their relationship after going through something like that. But but they did, you know, more than 10 years. And then it happened. So yeah, no, it's, it's definitely uh, lost. Yeah. And I think that when an older man gets lost, you find something from your past or mm. something else in life that you just cling on to. And in Ed's case, it's just work and space.
1: Mm-hmm. Casey, what do you think it is about, because we're talking about Karen mm-hmm. and something about her, I tell you. It's, <laughs> she got some special mojo. <laughs> what is it about her that Danny Stevens can't seem to let go of?
2: Yeah, I think he finds comfort in her. Mm. It's been this long journey, especially when losing Shane and being 10 years old when you lose your best friend, it's like impossible to navigate anything. Mm -hmm. And Karen's always been there for Danny and Mm -hmm. been around and maybe even in some weird way, finding that, I I don't know, that it could be just easier for him, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you think that the attraction for Danny to Karen, is it sexual or is it more maternal? Yeah, I think it's...
2: Maternal in a weird way. Oh, I it's know. maternal. So, how
0: come you? F- her, hmm?
1: <laughs> um, well, I think that life well. is complicated that way. You want to talk about complicated? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I was talking to to Ron about this when we did the podcast episode one. And I said, you know, Ron, how does it feel for you to have miles of Reddit threads of people who were irate about this story? And I said, does it ever make you think I want to back away from that? I don't want to tell that story. And Ron's no. response was, No, it makes me want to tell it even more. Of course. He's like, I love the idea of telling a story that agitates people, that excites them. That means that we're doing our jobs. So, yeah, I mean, when we talk about the relationship with Danny Stevens and Karen and is it sexual or is it maternal, like, the idea that it's even being discussed is so freaking groundbreaking to me and weird and not the kind of thing you see on TV. Like, that's cool. So let's back it up from sex with your mother. We've done enough of that. Okay. okay. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Let's talk about, I love when Danielle says to Ed, um, when Ed finds out that he's lost control of his ship. And she says, I work for the United States of America and you work for an asshole. Talk about (laughs) your, it's a great line, the relationship with Dev. Joel talk about Ed's perception of Dev but then also talk about you Joel's experience with Eddie cuz it's hilarious that you guys couldn't be more different than how Ed and Dev are. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean first of all just so fun to to see someone like Eddie, you know, he's he's such a skilled actor and a smooth operator just from day 1 completely come in and own a character yeah. like that and it's harder to come in and be smooth and confident. That's like the hardest thing to do sure. in an audition or on day one, you know, when all the nerves and the jittery emotions that you have and the sort of self doubt and all that stuff, none of that is mm-hmm. like working for you. It's all working against you. If you're playing, Psychotic murderer, and you know, nervous, you know, all those
1: <laughs> easy peasy, or, or even even
0: when, or even when you're going to have a breakdown or something like that, then you know, all those feelings that you're feeling because it's the first day, you know, they kind mm. of work for you, or you can use some of it. But Eddie just came in and, and he just had it. I, I loved how they didn't do Elon Musk. You know, yeah, it's a completely different person, and it's like a different kind of personality in the tech space. And he comes from a place of good, but then he also is a megalomaniac, mm-hmm. and, you know, is a very contradictory person that has a lot of different colors. And, and you can't just look at him one way. Or if you are, then you're not seeing the whole picture. And I thought the way Eddie played it, he just enhanced all of the colors.
1: Completely agree. Yeah. Casey, why is it so activating for Danny Stevens to hear Nick Corrado and the gang kind of rail on about love in the skies and and tease about Gordo and Tracy's death. How does that affect him having become an orphan, but become an orphan in such a public way?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's had the public completely have all their opinions and Never really giving him time to grieve or understand or just like let him go into isolation and deal with mm-hmm. the tragedy that's occurred in his life. So just constantly hearing about it over and over and over again is just, it just, it just makes him it's irate every him. single time. Yeah. Yeah. It mm-hmm. suffocates him. So yeah, just dealing with it and then hearing people joke about it and then joke about this movie that this movie came out and completely just think that they told the life story of his parents. It's just Mm -hmm. something that makes him angry every single time he hears about it. And I mean, you always hear that from like, when it's a real story in a movie and the family's always like, they just didn't depict the family correctly. Like They didn't get my dad right. They didn't get my mom right. So I think it's just a
1: loaded thing every single time he hears it. Yeah. And it's funny, like, on its face, you think, like, oh, my gosh, you know, Danny Stevens is totally overreacting. These kids are just horsing around. But you're right. Like, at the end of the day, these are his actual parents Mm -hmm. who are no longer with us. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. I'm going back to the scene of the two of you in this Upside Down Hab. Casey, talk to me about the progression from minute one of starting life in this Hab till the very end, just before you guys get blown up. Talk to me about the performance aspect of it, because it's really difficult to play shifts in time. It's difficult to play escalations in pain. So, yeah, talk about starting, you know, the beginning of the have through the progression to the end of when you guys are rescued.
2: Yeah. So at the beginning of the when they end up in the hab, it's just like a sudden realization of like, this is not good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is really not good This is really not good yeah, this, this might
1: be even bad, actually This might not go,
2: <laughs> you know, well But then then he has all of these withdrawal symptoms that he's going mm-hmm. through And having to deal with that Not only that, but it's starting to get cold They're starting to lose air He's starting to lose hope So all of that fills inside you And there's not only physical pain, but emotional pain And a loss of hope Yeah,
1: Yeah. And for you, Joel, what was that like, the progression of the wound getting worse and the physical fight that you guys have? I mean, man, that was that was intense.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's such a scary situation to be in an enclosed space. You know, you don't know how far underneath the surface you are and, you know, you have a very limited air supply and it's getting thinner and thinner. I know a thing or two about suffocation. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I train jujitsu. Uh, oh, I was going to say, of what kind of, what are <laughs> about to say? <laughs> and, uh, and you end up in these situations where you're out of breath, mm. but you're held down in a position and mm. your mouth is covered and your nose is covered. And, and you, you can get a little air in, but it, it's not enough. And then that panic sets in. And the same thing with surfing. If you get held down by mm-hmm. a wave and, and, you're, and when you're already out of breath, it's a very scary feeling. Or if, you know, I sauna a lot too. And I, I sauna for a long time when it's really mm-hmm. hot. And mm-hmm. it's like imagining you can't open the sauna.
1: Oof! Um,
0: oof, oof. It's a very oof. claustrophobic <laughs> and scary way to die. And in those situations, the one thing that you have to do is control your mind.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm.
0: because when your mind starts racing and your heart starts beating even faster, you need more air and that's how you go. And that's also a big part of what's going on between Danny and Ed is that Danny just wants to give up and wants to give in to those feelings and Ed just knows how important it is to keep your mind right and, mm-hmm. and to stay in it and stay in it. And then, of course, they go deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole and, and all the stuff between them starts to come up to the surface. And and of mm. course, when you're in a situation when you know you might die, it's the most vulnerable situation you can be in. So between two people that, you know, don't have the relationship that they could have had, in Ed's mind, his best friend has died, his son has died, and his best friend's son that was his son's best friend, is right here in front of him. I mean, Danny is Ed's son, nearly. Yeah, mm-hmm. he could fill that void, and Ed could fill his void. You know, it's but instead he goes and fucks my wife. You know, <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just so disappointing. Um, oh Jesus! No, but it, but it, you know, of course that would be so perfect. You know that sure. you can just see, you could just put a wrapper on that. But that's not Danny's experience. You know, that's not his life. That's not what he's experienced. Mm -hmm. So Ed is not that person to him. But there is so much emotion between these people. They've gone through and they've shared grief, even though they didn't share it with each other, but they grieve the same things. Right. And um, it becomes this very emotional moment between them. And uh, I really enjoyed playing it. Casey really brought it. Yeah. You were fantastic in those scenes. And it was a, There's a lot of pressure on those kind of scenes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a culmination Mm -hmm. scene where you see the whole season arc between these characters comes to a head in that moment. And you need a dance partner to do that or it's it's so much easier. And um, and Casey was dancing.
1: (laughs) Casey, I want to talk about the reveal that you give to Ed when you say you, you basically rock his foundation about who he is as a father. Because in so many ways, he's allowed his son's death to— it's affected him, it's codified who he is, but his recollection is that he's a darn good dad. And you basically break it to him that the opposite is true. Talk about that monologue.
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely from Danny's perspective, it's always like, here's this really strict guy who's being too hard on kids. And I mean, I think back to my life— like, there's a couple parents in my life who are your friends, and you're like, why were they so mad all the time? Or why did they, why <laughs> sure. couldn't I put my feet on the table? Like, why was it such a big deal? Not that Ed was a terrible dad, which I don't think anyone thought so, except for maybe Danny or mm-hmm. convinced himself afterwards. But yeah, it's a hard thing, and angry words came out, and I'm sure Danny meant some of it, but there's also some words that he didn't mean and just wanted to hurt Ed at the time because he's sad and lost hope and all that things.
1: Right. But, Joel, I think that, you know, Casey, I see what you're saying, that some of it is truth and some of it is exaggerated because he's angry. Mm -hmm. But I think what lands on Ed is 100% true. And Joel, you were saying a second ago that whether it's your face is on the mat in jujitsu or your head's under a wave while surfing, that in order to survive these really terrifying moments of suffocation, you got to keep your mind right. And it seems to me in watching it that Ed is able to keep his mind right until he hears that revelation from Danny Stevens that he wasn't the father that he thought he was. And then Ed talks about, I had an argument with Kelly and, you know, say more about how his revelation of his parenting style affects his ability to keep his head right. Yeah,
0: it was something about that moment that just it just struck me. And, and it also made me think a little bit about my dad and, mm. you know, the, the sort of the difficulties we had when I when I grew up and uh, the sort of family trait of not being able to control your anger in mm. my family and and uh, you know that's sort of similar to Ed and and Shane but then you know my dad really owned up to it and um mm. when I was in my early 20s we had this big talk and he you know he like really apologized for you know things that had happened between us and I was not an easy kid at all you know <laughs> I was really really difficult and i'm um, and i really understand it was really scary being a a father to to someone that was friends with all these criminals and drug addicts and but he he went sort of overboard and took too much responsibility and and mm-hmm. really apologized and and i could tell like his effort to take responsibility he was blaming himself in a way and for things that you know you, it's also life, you know, sure. and we're not perfect, but he was assuming so much guilt for it that I I felt like it was too much. And with Ed, I think, you know, this is this is may, might be the first moment where he really takes responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. And it just makes him feel like the worst person in the world. But then the thing with Kelly, he feels like now he's doing it again. But, you mm-hmm. know, he's also a different person now. And I think that the fight that he had with Kelly was probably... Nothing close to what he did with Shane. But Danny really forces Ed to face the fact of the effect that he had on his son and that his son was afraid of him and, mm. and his son mm-hmm. shrunk around him. That when Ed was around, like the joy left Shane. And, and mm. I think to face that reality as a parent and, and understand that you have a diminishing effect on your child, I, mean, I think that is so hard to deal with. So, yeah, that was really, it was great writing, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's heartbreaking to even, I mean, it makes me uncomfortable to even hear you say, because I think we've all experienced that as kids in some point or another, and whether it was a parent or it was a teacher, but someone who makes you feel um, trivial or dismissed or, like you said, minimized, it's just pretty horrific. And I, I really love that about the way that Ed Baldwin is written, because on the surface, he really is a sort of, Captain America, you know, you could easily be a monolith for what it looks like to be all-American hero. And beneath it, there is just um, so many layers. I also, I mean, one of the things I love about doing this podcast is like, obviously, I love you, Joel, and we are friends. But hearing you talk about the work in this way, you're pretty deep. You're not as dumb as hmm. I thought you were. i <laughs> uh, not.
0: <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm pretty dumb. I'm pretty pretty dumb. dumb. Um,
1: (laughs) Okay, so as we start to draw the conversation to a close, Joel, tease us a little bit without spoiling too much. What can folks see in Episodes 9 and 10? And what are you most excited about for the penultimate and final episode of the seasons?
0: You know, when you watch Episode 6, it feels like a season finale. And then you watch Episode 7, it feels like, another season finale, and then episode nine. The last four episodes of the show each have like the scale and scope of the season finale, and, and also the last two episodes are just two movies. And I mean, that's what I loved about this season. It, it really it has so much pace and scale, and, and the stakes are so big, and it, it really becomes a big show mm-hmm. with heavy drama. Uh, you know, big, stinking sci-fi show with heavy drama. And um, It's really fun to see that our show now has sort of gotten there. It started, you know, very small and methodical and slowly building and and now becoming this thing that we all knew was down the pipe, but the audience didn't know it. Yeah. I think this season is just going to be a great ride for, for everyone.
1: Casey Johnson, Joel Kinneman, thank you both so much for joining me on the pod today. Bye, Bob.
2: Thank you. That was really fun. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for joining us on this episode of For All Mankind, the official podcast. Be sure to listen and follow on Apple Podcasts and watch For All Mankind on Apple TV+, Plus, where available. And don't forget to join us again next week, where we'll discuss episode nine. This is an Apple TV Plus podcast produced by Will Media. Executive produced by Will Malnati and me, Chris Marshall. Produced by Elliot Davis, Drew Beebe, Naila Andre, and Jenny Barish. Sound editing and mixing by Andrew Holzberger. Until next time, I'm Chris Marshall. Safe and sound, Earthside.